Hey, Mama. Welcome to another episode of the Mompreneur Mastermind Show. I'm Steph Gass. What's up if we've never met? Sending you a huge virtual hug and refilling that iced coffee so that we can get to know each other a little better. Come on over to Instagram. My handle is at Stephanie Gass. Say hi. Shoot me a DM. Tell me about you. What do you do? Where are you from? And what's your number one struggle in this online space or as a mompreneur in general? Because how I come up with great content for you is hearing from you. And if we are not connected on the gram where I hang out, let's fix that like ASAP, okay? Anyway, today I'm so excited to bring you this episode with Christina Maven. And Christina and I really talk about public relations when it comes to the media and how you can get the most out of publicity, how to conquer the fear about getting media publicity. Because if you're anything like me, you've avoided this like the plague, like believe. I'm in your shoes. I have so many opportunities to pitch the media and I'm like, "Mm, that's on the to-do list because it's terrifying. I feel you, okay? But that's why I brought in this media maven, Christina Nicholson, okay? And she is a TV host who helps bloggers and business owners grow by reaching thousands, potentially even millions of of their ideal customers or clients in minutes instead of months through the power of traditional and new media without spending big bucks on paid ads. You can see and find Christina in front of her camera as the host on Lifetime TV in national commercials and read her work online in Huffington Post, Thrive Global Inc., and Fast Company. So basically, guys, like she's super fancy, okay? But I brought her on because we needed to get over this fear of pitching the media and then really learn how to utilize that to grow and scale effectively, quicker, faster. Because the number one problem that I hear all of you telling me is I need to grow faster. I need a bigger community. I need more people to sell to, to teach. I am just stuck in my little hole and I feel like I can't grow. Y'all know I'm a huge fan of organic growth using podcasting, but media is another great way for you to grow and scale. So you're going to love this episode. I can't wait. What's up, Mama Boss? Welcome back to the Mompreneur Mastermind Show. I'm Stephanie Gass, success strategist and passive income queen creator. If you're ready to step into your God-led potential, create profit from your passions, and capture the success that is already yours, this podcast was made for you. As always, you can find out more and connect with me over at stephaniegass.com. So grab that cup of coffee or fill up that glass of wine and let's dig in to today's show. Hey, Christina, I'm so excited to have you on the Mompreneur Mastermind Show. I am so excited to be here and chat with you. Well, girlfriend, we are pumped because one of my favorite strategies for impacting more women and furthering my mission is PR. Like I was just on your show and we were talking about how one of my favorite activities that ends up with a huge return is just serving other people's audiences and touching more people. So I'm really excited because this is really your, you know, your jam and your, your area of expertise. It is. And you know, what's funny is I tell people, I think what makes me good at what I do is actually not having a PR background. My background is in journalism. I was on the other side. I was actually the media. Mm -hmm. So I'm not coming at it from 
a, I studied public relations perspective. I'm coming at it from, I've actually worked in a newsroom all day, every day. I know what is wanted and needed. So that I think is what makes me different than most, but also if I'm being honest, a little better than most because I'm on both sides. I love that kind of giving us that, you know, sneak peek behind the curtain of the media, which is invaluable. Yeah, totally. And the media is constantly changing and I'm still very much in it. Um, It's not like I totally left my on-air career behind. I still dabble in it. So I'm consistently seeing what's moving and shaking and what changes are being made. I can implement that in my PR business as well. So start us off by sharing your story with us. How did you get into entrepreneurship? What did that look like as you navigated motherhood and, you know, being a powerful businesswoman and then kind of into what you're doing now? Well, I actually never wanted to be an entrepreneur. It never was like a thought that crossed my mind, honestly. Just happened after I had my second child and I was working at the NBC station in Miami My husband was in the golf business. We both had jobs where it was like, we don't care if it's a holiday. We don't care if it's a weekend. We don't care if it's Christmas Day or if there's a hurricane outside. Well, in the golf industry, he would get that off. Me, not so much. I had to stand in the hurricane. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And we didn't have family here. My family's in Ohio and his family's in Canada. So when it came to taking care of two kids, when you're working crazy hours, when there's no daycare, um, it was tough. And I needed something more flexible. And... I um, got a job at a PR agency because I figure, look, I've been on the receiving end of terrible pitches from PR agencies and publicists for years. I know how to pitch the media. These people clearly don't. So I'll just work at a PR agency and do that because in my mind, I was thinking, all you need is Wi-Fi for that. I have Wi-Fi at home. I can do that from home. And I have all the contacts and I know what to do. Problem one was that nobody wanted to let me work from home. And this mm-hmm. was really annoying to me because it's like, don't make me sit in South Florida for two hours a day to sit in front of your computer with Wi-Fi when I can do the same at home. I'd be much more productive. I'd save time. But I understand some people need that. Some people don't have the discipline or the work ethic to work from home. And it scared these owners of the public relations agency. So I got a job at one agency and I was told that it would be flexible hours, I could work from home, and it was very results-based. It didn't really matter how many hours I worked, which is very true in this industry. Mm -hmm. But everything he told me was a big fat lie just to get me there. (laughs) Yeah. And, And I think the red flag that I missed was that the entire agency turned over every six months. Like entirely new stuff every six months. So that was a red flag I ignored. And I lasted at that agency exactly six months. Um, (laughs) And I have no filter on my mouth, Stephanie, which sometimes is good, sometimes is bad. In this situation, I told the man that I worked for that if you Google the symptoms of a pathological liar and a sociopath, he has all of them. Right. So uh, I was out of a job at that point. I actually, <laughs> <laughs> I actually gave my two weeks notice and then a week into my two weeks notice, he cut off my email and pretended that he didn't know what happened. So I don't know if that means I quit or I was fired or both. I right. I, and I think I was fired. So then I was like, well, I guess I just got to do this on my own. And I really, the goal for me was just to be a professional freelancer, I call it. I wanted 
other PR agencies to outsource work for me. I wanted to do freelance TV hosting. I would get, you know, small clients on Upwork, you know, for like mm -hmm. 1000 bucks a month, something like that. And to give you an idea, the average PR agency is $6,000 a month. So I'm right. like, 1000 bucks a month, I'll take it. I just want to maintain my lifestyle. And um, that was the summer of 2015. And then I was fast forward, um, probably the first year, similar to you, it was working 24 seven, starting in the morning, going late at night. And I think it was a pressure that we put on ourselves um, because nobody, nobody said that I needed to work that much. But we put this pressure on ourselves and we're like afraid, right? Because we're so used to that direct deposit every two weeks. And now we're in charge of how much money we make. And we think it's unstable at the time. So we want to go 24-7 just in case we have a slow month. And the months are inconsistent. So I was going 24-7, totally burning myself out. And then I brought somebody on to help me because I was struggling with a client. The niche was hard and I just needed help. So yeah. it was bringing that one person on who is still on my team today to help me pitch but I was like, oh my gosh, this is so much stress off of me and I have more time and I'm not doing this to be rich. I'm doing this to have a flexible schedule. So I'm happy to pay somebody to take some of this work off my plate. And one thing led to another and that's when I started building a team. I shifted my money mindset a little bit, not knowing I had a money mindset problem because <laughs> um, you don't know what you don't know, right? You're yeah. just Oh, but you know, I just started my business. I can't spend money on it. Well, yeah, that's actually when you should spend money. So you don't waste time at the very beginning working 24 seven and being miserable. Instead, pay somebody to tell you what to do step by step and do it. And then you make a lot of money. Right. So, um, you know, these past two, three years specifically, I've invested in different business coaches, different masterminds, I've my team. And I am making more money than I ever have. And I'm working less hours than I ever have. I mean, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. Sometimes it's stressful. Sometimes things get annoying. But I can be stressed and annoyed in my pajamas at home. Yeah. <laughs> and I would much rather prefer that than to be stressed and annoyed with a not-so-nice boss telling me exactly how much I'm going to make. And doesn't matter if I work any harder. Maybe if I'm lucky, I'll get a pot on the Oh my gosh. That's an awesome story. And I think it's so interesting to watch how whenever we stumble or we think there's a perceived kind of setback, like, oh, I've just been kind of fired and I kind of quit. But that was kind of like the birthing of this new journey for you and the beginning of this new season, this new business. And so it's always trying to find the be patient with the hard because ultimately it really is the beginning of something new and fresh and exciting. So cool to hear that you've been through that hard even with the hard it's a learning experience and you don't know that at the time and something that I've been trying to remind myself of especially you know when you start working with these coaches and masterminds it's all about goal setting and hitting your goals right so you mm -hmm. like have that goal in mind but you're so focused on hitting the goal that you totally forget to enjoy the process so I think that's something that I need to consistently be re reminding myself even now, you know, like I just had my four year, what is it? Entrepreneur anniversary, whatever you want to call yeah. it. <laughs> um, <laughs> had that. And I still consistently need to be reminding myself like, 
sometimes it's just like, screw the goal. You know what you need to do. And you spend most of your time in the journey. Like once you hit the goal, you just move the goalpost again. So like just chill and enjoy the process. I feel so hard into that one because I've been, I've hit the goal over and over and over, right? Hit the goal. Oh, like you almost feel like a deflated balloon because you think something magical is going to happen inside. Like I made it all of a sudden I feel, you know, like a superwoman and I'm going to just, you know, fly around and be incredible. And really you're just the same woman. You're just standing there going, I just achieved a goal. I checked something off the list and it's kind of underwhelming so often. It's like planning a wedding and then you get married and you're like, now what? Yeah. It's so weird. And so for me, what I've learned is exactly what you're saying. It's like every little win deserves celebration. That's part of the journey. And I actually now, I stop and say thank you for every hard moment too. I'm like, anything hard or that gives me fear or anxiety, I'm like, ooh, I'm on the cusp of something new, on the cusp of some type of growth. And that's exciting. That's more exciting than checking the box that I did something cool. So just a little grain of salt, peeps. <laughs> I love it. And I remember, I remember I read the 12-week year, like maybe a year ago, and I was so hardcore on my goals. Like I would break them down every 12 weeks, put them in the calendar. And I don't know if, I think it's a little bit of being complacent. Like when you reach a certain level of success, you're just kind of complacent. Yeah. I think that's part of it. I think the other part of it was that like, I really don't care what people think of me. You know, like a lot of people, they'll do things for, you know, the Instagram post or whatever. Like I know big time influencers who spend a million dollars to have a million dollar business and they don't profit a dollar. Yep. And they look like big and bad online, but behind the scenes, they're broke. Yep. And I'm like, I don't care to look like that. So I think that was another reason. And then just not being stressed. Like I just want to enjoy the process. So I'm going to, yeah, I have my goals, but I'm more focused on enjoying the process of getting there than actually getting there. It's like, what is it? Like aim for the moon. And if you fail, you land among the stars or something like that. Yes. Same idea. I love that. So if we rewind back to when you started your own firm, your own PR business in 2015. Were you already a mama at that time? Yeah. So I had a two-year-old and I had, no, I had a three-year-old. She just turned three and then my son was under one. Okay. So kind of similar to me when I had, I'm like, oh, let's launch a business with two small, crazy children. How did you (laughs) navigate that? Like that Um, transition with the kids? Was it super hard for you? Did you how did you handle that? Did you outsource? It wasn't that hard. And I'll tell you why. It wasn't hard to navigate with them because they were already in daycare because I was working full time before them. Gotcha. And I'm one of those moms that's like, you can try to mom shame me and it's not going to work because <laughs> I have no shame. Like I put my kids in daycare when they were infants and I didn't feel one ounce of guilt about that. Like every mom talks about mom guilt. I don't know what's wrong with me. I've never felt guilty about anything. My kids love daycare. And so they were in daycare. So I had the time to build my business while they were in daycare. But I would force myself to work after as well. Like I was going 24-7 because I didn't know what to do. I mean, I knew how to deliver the service, but I didn't know how to get the clients. You know, that's like a business thing. That's a sales Mm -hmm. thing. I've never 
done that before. So that's why I was working so much and I was taking all this free stuff online everywhere. So I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I wasted so much time on trial and error. I think my biggest regret business-wise is not just hiring a coach from the get-go. And again, I had a money mindset issue. I didn't understand the value. And I didn't understand that, hey, you could actually put this on a credit card and pay it off. And you could pay it off early because you're actually doing something that somebody smarter than you is telling you what to do and you're making money. <laughs> so, I know. <laughs> so, I mean, it was okay in the sense that the kids were in daycare. My husband is very involved. But for some reason, I felt like I had to work 24-7. And once, you know, I started working smarter instead of harder, it's just been life-changing and I'm not stressed and I'm not as stressed, I should say. I'm not working as much as I used to and I'm more present. I can do more things and I find a way, I get creative and I find ways to work the family into the business, you know, because I'm in the media business and lots of things in the media, we are always targeting moms and families. So I find a lot of ways to mix business with pleasure when it comes to, you know, getting paid and putting my family to work. We've done, I think, two or three segments on Lifetime TV where we're on a vacation in Orlando or I'm, you know, promoting eyeglasses and my kids are the kids in the segment with me. So yeah, yeah it's fun. It's fun. I love that to integrate your kids into your business. And my community knows I talk about that all the time. So I love to hear other mamas doing that. So let's kind of switch gears a little bit to actually discussing some of the cool tactical strategies that you can teach us today about what you do. And we recently had somebody on that kind of talked about pitching the media. So my community, if you haven't heard that one, it's episode 78, but I really wanted Christina to come on and talk to us about her vision for why media is important to scaling your business, especially as a new entrepreneur. So I want her to start there, but then secondly, talking us through what do you do with that publicity? <laughs> like, how do you use it to your benefit and not just, okay, I did it. Bye. That was terrifying. I'm done. Like, how do we actually use that to continue the growth and to continue the momentum? So Christina, can you kind of help us with some of those strategies? Yes, definitely. Well, I first want to start off by addressing some things that people in your audience are probably thinking right now. And they're probably thinking, oh, I'm not ready for this. My business isn't big enough for this. Mm -hmm. And that is a total lame excuse. And the truth of the matter is it doesn't matter how big your brand is. It doesn't matter how much money you're making. It doesn't matter any of that. It, it doesn't matter. You could literally be day one of your business, not making a dime and you can get on the Today Show. I had a client Crazy. when I first started, when I was a professional freelancer, I found these guys on Upwork. They had an app that they were creating. They were working full time. This was a side hustle they did at night on the weekends. And they hired a publicist to get them covered. And they were like, it was a waste of money. They didn't get us anything. And I was like, well, let me see what they were sending out. And he sent me a press release. And let me tell you, you do not pitch with a press release. You did in the 70s, but <laughs> not today. The media is a little different than it was in the 70s, people. And this guy was just promoting the app. And I was like, all right, you got two guys here. One of them was a personal trainer. So his expertise on his topic is what is going to get him the coverage. The other guy used to weigh 400 pounds. Now he weighs 200 because he ran to lose 200 pounds. So I'm like, all right, you got the personal story. That's what we're going to pitch. And then by default, you are going to get coverage for your running app. Mm -hmm. So 
We got these guys in a matter of three months, the Today Show, the Washington Post, the Chicago Tribune, women's running, men's fitness, runner's world, like things that are so super niche, like runner's world, which was their number one goal, to things that are so broad and huge, like the Today Show. And these guys, again, this was a side hustle. They weren't making any money in their business. When they would pay me, it would be a check mailed from one of their moms because they had no money. Seriously. And so it just kills me when business owners make the excuse that they're not ready. And then I always counter that and I say, well, if you had somebody come to you and they say, I would like a client of yours, would you tell them no? Oh, no, no, no. I need clients. Well, then you're ready. And the reason that you don't have more clients is because people don't know, like, and trust you. The quickest way to be known, liked, and trusted is to get covered in the media. And there's three kinds of media. One is owned media. So in this case, Stephanie, it is your podcast. You own this podcast. You decide what goes on it. It's your social media. It's your website. You decide what goes on it. Then there's paid media, which is like an advertisement, you know, a Facebook ad. And then there's earned media. And earned media, it's like me right now being a guest on your podcast. Mm -hmm. I'm not paying you to be here. You invited me here. Um, And people who know, like, and trust you are going to almost automatically know, like, and trust me because you brought me on your podcast. And that's where the earned media is different from the other two and why it's worth more. One, it's free. You don't pay for it. And two, it's a third-party endorsement. It's it's from somebody or an outlet or something, someplace, maybe the TV station, the newspaper, the magazine. They're already known, liked, and trusted. So whatever they, whatever they include on their platform, you're going to believe it and know, like, and trust it all, all, already. When people promote stuff on their own social media, it's like, yeah, of course you're going to promote it. This is your business. When people pay for an ad, it's like, well, yeah, of course you're going to say that. They're paying for the ad. That's why earning coverage is so important and it's worth so much more. It just has this credibility factor. It has this authority factor and it makes you stand out. And then it gives you content to share on your own media. And that I think is um, the answer to your second part of the question, which is what do you do after you earn exposure? Um, And in your past podcast, you learned a lot about the TV industry and how to pitch yourself to get on TV. Obviously TV is my favorite. Can I interrupt you for a second before we get into that? Yeah. So here I am hearing you and I hear this story about these guys and I'm like, So here's immediately what my mind did. So um, this is what my audience probably did. I'm like, I'm willing to do podcasts. I do so many podcasts because I'm sitting here and I'm still safe. I'm behind my computer. I'm at home. The second you started saying the Today Show and, and the Washington Post, I got so much anxiety. I thought about the fear of travel. I thought of the fear of being on TV. I thought of the fear. I don't know why. But what do you say to that? Because I think that's like a natural inherent thing that maybe everyone feels when they start looking at TV as an outlet specifically. It's like so big and scary to me. What would you say? Okay. Well, a couple things. Clearly, I've never had that fear. So I cannot speak from experience. (laughs) However, I will say, one, you're making it a much bigger deal than it really is. And that's just because you're not normally exposed to it. Um, being on TV is not a big deal. Even when it's live TV, it's just having a conversation. I mean, it's really the exact same thing you and I are doing right now. It's just pretend there's a camera in my face while we do it. 
Yep. It's just having a conversation. And many times it's not live. So then it's, it's edited. So if you say something stupid or you're like, uh, 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 we'll edit it out. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's really, you're making it a bigger deal in your head than it really is. And two, as a business owner, you got to do things that are uncomfortable. I mean, if it's going to move your business forward, if it's going to get you in front of potentially millions of people and you're not spending a dime on it, you got to just suck it up and do it. And the more you do it, the more comfortable you'll feel about it. I mean, people have this with YouTube even, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're on YouTube channel. They're like, I'm so afraid of shooting a video. Okay. Well, people watch videos online. That's how people consume their content. Yep. So you can sit there and you can be afraid to try something new. But let me tell you, if you shoot 20 videos, your 21st one, it's going to be pretty good. And you're going to feel a lot better than you did at your first one. So, I mean, I don't, I don't mean to like be like hardcore and give you tough love, but there's going to be things that pop up in life and in business that you're going to be scared of and that's going to be uncomfortable. But if it's going to move your business forward, then you just have to suck up and do it. I am so all about that. And you guys, case in point, please go watch my YouTube channel from two years ago and laugh hysterically because <laughs> it was a mess. It was such a mess. Listen to my first podcast episode, right? And all of those things had fear tied up in them when I first started. And now I'm extremely confident and comfortable. So I think this is just as with anything else. And for me, the fear is probably coming from, I've never done it. The hows are unclear, which is what always brings insecurity is you're just not comfortable yet because you've never done it. Yeah. And then just adding one more point, you're kind of being selfish with that attitude because you're making mm -hmm. it all about you. Right. It's not about you. It's about the people watching. It's about the people listening. Because like when, while you're sitting there thinking, oh, what do I sound like? What do I look like? The person who's watching you or listening to you, they're not thinking that at all. They just want to hear what you have to say because you have something of value to add to them. Like I never watch anything on TV or I never listen to a podcast and think, oh, that person must be so nervous. Yeah. <laughs> Probably wondering how they look. No, you don't think that. You just are no. like, oh, what do they have to say? Let me listen. Yes. I mean, be like Beyonce and have like a Sasha Fierce alter ego when you do it, if that helps. <laughs> yes. I love that. <laughs> Get into your alter ego and you are so right. It's almost your responsibility to share and pour out your message. And, you know, for my listeners, you've got this fierce God calling in your heart. That is your responsibility to be obedient to that call and to share it. And what better platform? Like yeah. what better platform than the media? If you're going to be afraid to put yourself out in the media in front of your ideal customer or client to get business, then you're not going to be in business very long. Truth. So they step out in fear and send the pitch or, or send the message or do the thing, make the phone call, whatever it might be, and get some media attention, some publicity, book something. What do they do next? Like well, I'll tell you what most people do. Yeah. And that's nothing. And that's <laughs> stupid. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> because you know what? Because again, and this speaks to the perception of media. The perception is, oh, I was on Stephanie's podcast. Everybody heard it. Yeah. I was on today, the day we're recording this podcast. I was on the NBC station in West Palm Beach. Everybody saw it. So I don't need to do anything. That is not where your profit comes from. Remember, the idea is to get publicity to turn it into profit. And people just assume because you're on another person or another outlet's platform that 
everybody there saw it and they're all going to come running to you. Let me tell you why this doesn't happen for a couple reasons. Again, in the seventies, probably worked wonderfully. Yep. Today it doesn't. And that's because after we listen to this podcast, we're going to go listen to another one. After somebody saw me on TV this morning for three minutes, they were on to the next story. And by the next half hour, they probably heard 60 different stories since then. Right. People are going to forget you because we are like content overload on all of our social media channels, on TV, on podcasts, on YouTube, whatever. Yep. So what you need to do after you earn any kind of publicity, any freaking kind, you need to, what I call, do PR on your PR. That's when you're going to take a link and you're going to share it on social media and you're going to tag the outlet. You're going to tag the journalist. You're going to tag the podcast host. And you do this for a couple of reasons. One, I want Stephanie to see that I am sharing this podcast because that sends a message to Stephanie. Oh, look, she's sharing my stuff with her audience. Yeah. And Stephanie might invite me back. She might want to partner in something else down the road because she sees that I am sharing her content. And it makes it super easy for Stephanie to click retweet or yes. share. So she's reminding her audience that I was on her podcast. Same thing. I was on, when I was on um, the TV station this morning, before I went on, I was taking pictures and I was posting, make sure you watch me at 11. And then I was tagging the outlet. And then mm -hmm. when I'm off, I'm going to take the video and the link and I'm going to not just share it once. That's another mistake people make. Like social media is a constantly moving feed. That's one. And two, you see a bunch of stuff in that feed. So I could literally post the same thing in social media once a week and you won't even notice because a, you may not have seen it the week before, or B, if you did see it the week before, you've seen a thousand things since then and you forgot. So I'm reminding you because remember when it comes to sales and converting, people need to see the same thing over and over and over again. So that's why I share over and over and over again. And I will tell you that most of what I get when it comes to clients or money, it hasn't been directly from the media earned. Sometimes it works like that. Yeah. But most of it has been, oh, I constantly see you here and you're doing this and you're doing that. So I want to hire you. Right. Uh, there's people who don't live in South Florida today, but they know that I was on TV in South Florida because I shared it on my social media and it piqued their interest. And then next month, I'm going to remind them that I was on TV today. And then they're going to be reminded, oh yeah, she does that. And then in three months, they're going to see it again and they're going to say, oh, I actually need her now. So I'm going to reach out to her. Yeah. And this is what people don't do. And it drives me crazy. It's funny. I actually had a conversation with a client of mine today. It drives me crazy when they say, um, well, we got this media hit, but nothing happened. And I was like, well, what did you do with it? Did you do what I told you to do? Yeah. And it everywhere and tell everybody and tag everybody and do that over and over again? No, we didn't do anything with it. Well, yeah. Then why do you expect something to happen? Like. It doesn't work like that. Like think of the way you consume content. The only time people pay attention to ads, in my opinion, is when they're watching the Super Bowl because we know people are paying like a million dollars for 30 seconds. Right. Now, when you see an ad, you see it and then do you run to your computer and order whatever you want <laughs> your phone and buy something? Nope. No, it doesn't work like that. You have to consistently be doing PR on your PR. And this is where people fall short. This is where people leave so much money on the table and they'll say, oh, well, it didn't work. Well, no, because you didn't let it work. You didn't do your part of the deal. Right. 
You know, it's funny because I have used this strategy for a long time and especially I've seen in Instagram stories, this works. I'm not a Twitter person, but I know some people are like super into Twitter, but for me, Instagram stories has been insane when it comes to doing PR on your PR and I'll tag like, Oh, I, you know, I was in Christina's podcast and I'm so grateful for her. And we talked about this and I'll tag Christina and then she'll share it in her stories. And then her audience starts DMing me. I listened to your interview and it was so amazing. And you can start like real authentic conversations with people. And so I love that strategy. Now question on that people like you and I that have a lot of quote unquote PR going on, like you have interviews every week, right? How do you keep rotating those announcements so that you're not like spamming your market or spamming your audience? Or do you have any tips and strategies for people that have multiple PRs? I know some people are like, well, I've never done a PR, but you will. So this tip might be important for you down the road. Yeah. So something that I do, I always have posts scheduled in the queue. Like I have a scheduler stuff is always in there. That's my plan B. My plan A is to post in real time. Like I did this morning from the TV station. I posted in real time. I'm going to grab that and I'm going to put it in at the bottom of my social media queue. Like I have a self promotion tab and it posts once a day, like three days a week. I'm posting an old podcast episode three days mm. a week. I'm posting an old YouTube um, video twice a week. I'm posting a relevant article to my industry. So once a week, it's some kind of self promotion and it's not overly promotion. It's not like get my freebie, call me. It's like, here I am in the media. So it doesn't mm. look like it's self-promotional, but you're kind of getting that, oh, this is why Christine is an expert type of thing. Mm-hmm. So I just put it in the social media queue. And if okay. I have 100 posts in there, by the time I get to 100, it'll go back to one. So I'm not sharing the same thing every day or even once a week. I would say at the most, it's the same post going out once a month. And like I said, most people aren't going to see it. And the people that do see it are going to forget that they saw it a month ago. So you may feel like you're being spammy, but trust me, you're not. And then you have to take into account that people are just going to start following me today. So if I was, you know, featured in Forbes three years ago, I want people who follow me today to see that because that's impressive and they may like that. So that's why you should always be consistently sharing stuff because people are always following you. Like today on your podcast, there's a lot of people who maybe have never heard of me before and they're going to come follow me on Instagram or Twitter or connect with me on LinkedIn. So I want them to see everything that I've also been featured in in the past, not just from this point moving forward. That's so key. And I love that you just reiterated that social media is a constantly revolving platform. And unless someone's literally on their feed at that moment, they're not going to see it. And we get so caught up in, Oh, I already posted about this last week. I don't want to, but like you said, if 1% of our, of our community sees something real time, why not post it again? Why not casually mention it? Why not talk about what a fun experience it was or do a behind the scenes or things like of that nature as well. Yeah. That's so I exactly love that. Right. You can change the angle. Like yeah. sometimes it's, this is behind the scenes. Sometimes it's check out this article I'm quoted in. Sometimes it's, it's, um, did you see these five tips? Check out my tip at number three. Like you can post this at a link to the same 
thing that you're doing to promote your publicity, but you can word it differently every time as well. So even if people are seeing the same thing again, it's way less obvious because you're leading into it with a different kind of angle. Yeah. So, and it doesn't seem so direct. I like that. It's, I think people get freaked out about being a salesperson, I guess, or pushing themselves. Maybe that's what it is. I've never had that problem. I'm like, hello, look at me. Look where I was featured. That's so cool. But sometimes people feel weird about like self-promotion. So doing that roundabout way that behind the scenes really gives you, I guess, like no pressure, right? Like, oh, I'm so excited. Like, look where I am. And that's why I said, even though it's in like my self-promotional tab, I don't consider it self-promotional because it's not a, there's not a hard call to action. It's me really just showing you I practice what I preach. It's me Mm -hmm. sharing a success story. And really that's what it is. When you are promoting these media hits, or if you're a contributor to an online outlet and you're sharing your content, it's you sharing a success story. And by default, it's self-promotion. Love that. So this has been amazing. I loved hearing your story, how you kind of navigated all of that, you know, corporate into your own business and your tips have been gold. I'm really excited to implement them. Tell the listeners where they can learn more about media. You have a podcast, um, you have, I'm sure, amazing resources for them and how they can connect with you. I do. I have a podcast. It's called Become a Media Maven. And this awesome girl named Stephanie is a guest on this podcast. So you should totally check that out. Um, <laughs> yes, go listen. <laughs> you can find me on um, Twitter and on Instagram at Christina All Day. And then I'm also on LinkedIn. Oh, can I give your audience something? Yeah, please. Okay. So I'm going to give you guys a free three-day video media class. And I'm going to teach you on day one, how to pitch the media to get publicity. Day two, how to like deliver the publicity. So invited back and you actually make yourself look good. Yes. (laughs) Three, I'll just elaborate a little bit more on what to do with that publicity to turn it into profit. And you already got kind of a sneak peek of that. So you can check that out at mediamavenandmore.com slash publicity, or you can just go to pitch publicityprofit.com and it's there too. That sounds amazing. I'm so excited to take that class. Ladies, I'm sure you're going to love it. Thank you, Christina, so much. Thanks for having me. It was fun chatting with you. I hope you loved that wealth of knowledge and I thought it was a great interview. I learned so much. I'm ready to get out there and conquer my fear. You'll see me on the news or in my local blog posts and my local uh, online communities in 2020 for sure. Okay. If I can do it, so can you. I want to leave you with a prayer now that as we get closer to the holidays and as we kind of slow down for the next couple of weeks, I just want to pray that you take the time to really breathe, to step away from your business for a while, to turn off your phone for half of the week, Get rid of social media if you need to for the next couple of weeks and really soak in these precious minutes that we have with our littles, with our children, while we still have them. I've been feeling nostalgic as we get close to the holidays, and I realize that there will be a day where I'm going to miss the sticky floor and the mess and the mama, 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 right? I may never miss the pee all over the seats, but I'm going to miss these little tiny humans And I just want to soak them in. And I want to teach them what true intention looks and feels like. Because my children 
are going to do what mama does, not what mama says. So I want to show them what family and intentionality really looks like this holiday season. And I pray that you can do the same. Let go of all the worries, let go of tomorrow, and just focus on today. I pray that God gives you that peace in your heart so that you can let go and let him. I'll see you soon. As always, love and light, Steph. If you like Mama Soap, leave a review. Pretty peace. Hey, Mama, real quick before you go. If you found value in today's podcast and you learned something new, take a screenshot for me, post it up in your Instagram stories, and be sure to tag me because together we can empower, educate, and shift the way that mamas look at life because, sister friend, we actually can have it all. Let's claim it.